This episode is sponsored by a donor to the Chinese Culture Foundation of San Francisco. The foundation was founded in 1965 and opened its primary program site, the Chinese Culture Center, or CCC, in 1973. CCC is one of the leading and most prominent cultural and arts institutions in the city of San Francisco. The mission of the CCC is dedicated to elevating underserved communities and giving voice to equality through education and contemporary art. Their work is based in Chinatown and San Francisco's open and public spaces and other art institutions. Visit cccsf.us. On this episode, we have Kira Pollan. Kira built a career in media working with such luminaries as Walter Cronkite and Pierre Salinger. She resided in Japan for several years and authored a novel and several scripts. She speaks five languages, and this was an inspiration for her to launch Lingozing, which leverages comic book content to teach languages, as this was how she learned Italian. She was on the verge of a partnership with Stan Lee, but unfortunately, he passed away prior to it being formalized. Kira, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, it's really wonderful to have you here. Um, share with us um, your origin story. Uh, where were you born? London. Okay. It's a long story. I was born in London. My parents divorced immediately, so I was shuttled between Spain, Nice, England, Italy, and Austria. My goodness. Uh, and this is the reason you speak so many languages. Um, Correct. I no noted five. <laughs> yes. Very impressive. Um, and uh, so the countries that you just highlighted where you traveled between would explain the, uh, the German, Italian, French, and English you speak. Um, how did Russian come into the picture? My father uh, came from St. Petersburg. Okay. And... Um, was a film producer okay. and as uh, so a film producers are always roaming around yeah. but his when i was a child i lived with my russian grandmother at one segment and that's where i learned russian yeah. and amazingly enough i somehow managed to keep most of it <laughs> fantastic well done um do you have siblings unfortunately not in these various places that you grew up, it looked like maybe uh, university was uh, in Austria and Italy. Do I have that right? Italy. Italy. Okay. You in studied Rome. In, in Rome. Yeah. yeah. Um, at that point, uh, what, was, what was your area of interest? What were you studying in Rome? Um, I was studying psychology, sociology, and social media. Uh, sorry, not social media, that's today. And um, God, what was it called in those days? Um, Marshall McLuhan, all of those. Um, oh, right. Bam! Can you yeah. imagine? I forgot the name of it. It's called uh, communications in a way. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's very, it, it was very much the compounding of sociology and psychology into media and how it impacts and how to communicate um, in a way that impacts and influences by using symbology. In other words, how, to com how you get to the subconscious, to the emotions um, uh, with communication. Yeah. Brilliant um, study, actually. Yeah. Well, and um, being that your father was a producer, did you have a sense that you wanted to go into something media related? There was never a choice that was made. 
you know how Shakespeare says, some are born into greatness, some have greatness thrust upon them, etc. Well, media was thrust upon me. (laughs) I grew into it. Um, And it just, I was surrounded by media from day one. So it just continued automatically by um, working with Alexander Salkin on Superman, um, then eventually getting into distribution and getting into production. It's a, it's media when you're born into it, it's a lifestyle. It is not a vocation. It is not a profession. It is a lifestyle that If your natural talents and character correspond to it anyway, it is very difficult to even think of leaving it. I did try on several occasions and um, it failed miserably and I had to get back (laughs) to media. Like a magnetic pull that brought you back in. Yes. Well, you had this... um, amazing experience it seemed like shortly after university and i if i'm pronouncing it wrong please correct me archivum archivum yes archivum um where you interacted with uh i mean just it's an amazing concept uh astronauts political leaders dignitaries but share with us how did that concept come about and and your role in it please uh it all had to do with It's a mixture of imagination, need, and sales. Mm -hmm. In those days, it was very selling product. uh, um, uh, Films, television were a very um, uh, secure and firm um, formula. So... At the same time, the internet was coming up, communication was coming up. So there was a very interesting opportunity of sharing information and sharing things that have not been done on a a large scale. And, um, you know, death is something that we all know is going to happen. And if one has... A speck of philosophy, one tends to think, oh, all these great writers, all these great artists, they leave, um, they die, you don't really know what they thought. Uh, Most of people's lives are seen through the eyes of others uh, who write biographies, autobiographies, and very, sorry, not autobiographies, that write biographies on others, and the person that has died has no ability to comment on, well, that's not at all. <laughs> this is completely wrong. <laughs> so that, um, that knowledge and living it a lot, seeing how people around me that were stars and, and uh, then die and how they're portrayed and everybody complains inside the family. and um, So the idea came of, wouldn't it be great to have the opportunity to give those, to give those who marked our lives in any way, the opportunity to give their point of view before uh, they die, but in a way where it can be protected because the biggest fear is a lot of secrets, we keep them close to our souls uh, we don't share all of the thoughts we don't can't always share all the information 
Whereas death, in its finality, it has a certain impact in thinking, well, it's important to leave a legacy of truth or a legacy of who I really am or disclose what really happened in a situation that one could not at the time. I think today we are more in that zone than ever before because to tell the truth today is almost paramount to getting into horrible trouble. And um, uh, then it was a matter of how can one get it done in a way that a person is free to tell uh, the kernels of their being with, uh, with trust. And that is when, who does one trust? Pierre Salinger, Walter Cronkite. Mm-hmm. So I went to them and uh, shared my idea. They loved the idea enough to come on board. Mm-hmm. And actually, I am the only person that Walter Cronkite shared his phone book Amazing. with, which is yeah. quite a, a remarkable show of faith and mm-hmm. confidence. And we, we continued and created uh, the whole chain of trust uh, using uh, law fir- the right law firms, the right um, depositories and whatnot. And then unfortunately I ran out of money because it would have been a magnificent um, endeavor and actually still can be used. Um, yeah, is that content library done. available? Yes, yes. Well, amazing. But that was, by the way, uh, much later than university. That was in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, Okay. Well, then uh, maybe if you could bridge the gap between university and that time, uh, because I couldn't find much information about that. Oh, dear. Uh, Well... I lived in Japan for five years in that time uh, where I was importing American media into Japan. Wow, okay. And you in um, Tokyo? Yes, in Tokyo. My God, did I love Tokyo. Yeah. Where, Um, which uh, area did you live in? I lived in Meguroku to begin with and then in Minatoku. Yeah, wow. Um... Then I wrote my first script uh, on Buddha. Then I wrote the book on Buddha because I was um, that whole, yeah, that whole atmosphere of Japan, uh, the aesthetics in Japan being surrounded by the a lot of that Zen mentality. The the, even the, just simply the statues of Buddha all around uh, made a very big impact on me. And it was an interest that I always had um, as, a, as, as a child. And um, as a child, I actually read a, a lot of mythology and uh, myths, stories, cultures, that, that really is one of the keys to who I am. Now, uh, just out of curiosity, Kira, as you were reading the mythology, did that help you with language acquisition? No, it had absolutely nothing to do with it, actually. Okay. Um, or actually, I don't know, because mythology covers 
the the profile of a culture. It mm. covers the um, the mentality, the psychographs, all of that, the symbologies. It's it's a media that's uh, all-encompassing, yeah. <laughs> funny to say. So it possibly did provide a certain groundwork uh, mentally to be predisposed to other cultures. But then that also went, goes in tandem with my, the life that I had. Yeah. I don't think one can separate. It's probably compounded, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, amazing. And so um, after Japan, did you come back to Europe? No, after Japan, I started a fishing company in Siberia on the island, well, on the island of, of uh, Sakhalin. Wow. Okay. Uh, which was an absolutely insane uh, idea of mine. <laughs> How did that uh, idea come about? That, thank God, was not my idea. I was drawn into it by um, a couple of individuals simply because I could deliver. Yeah. Uh, they were trying to obtain the fishing quota, which was gold at the time, still is, uh, for the island of Sakhalin to, to harvest uh, fish roe, salmon roe. Sure. And they were just unable to obtain it. And I managed to obtain it because of the strange ways in which I function, which is, oh, there's a problem. We'll call the Minister of Agriculture. We'll call the Minister. <laughs> it's a way of doing things that is oh. not automatically. So that's exactly what I did. I got into contact with the Minister of Natural Resources and they took my call and um, it pushed the green buttons eventually to obtain those rights. Wow. And um, But in between, I worked for uh, TriStar Colombia in Germany to oversee the television market and figure out what was to figure out a solution of restarting the TV, restarting people to watch TV because they had actually just given up. It was a time in history wow. where people were actually throwing their televisions out of the window, which is great. Wow. <laughs> and um, uh, Columbia TriStar made a deal with RTL uh, to, re to adapt their programming to the German market. And I was put in charge of figuring out how to do okay. that. Uh -huh. So it was again, a use of um, uh, my transmedia cultural ability to take something and make it accessible to a market. Brilliant. Well, that's amazing. Um, and then after Archivum, um, you were involved with this company, like a consumer products company that was acquired by Conair. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> after uh, the fishery, then this became the thing. I mean, well, you had the <laughs> TriStar Columbia uh, in between. So yeah, as you said, you tried to leave media on a few occasions, but- um, Those US were the occasions. <laughs> different plans for you. 
Uh, it's just, it's a great story. You worked quite hard for several months, but then before you were able to launch, a competitor said, uh, we want you out of the market. I mean, that's great fear to instill in them. Nicely put. Uh, <laughs> yes, except it was a little bit at our expense because we never managed to profit from this uh, oh, okay. from this sale. Okay. But indeed, uh, they came in and bought Skunchi at a multiple that was never disclosed. And it was very much because we had um, my partner, Jacques Badin, uh, who was one of the founders of Carrefour, um, with whom I, I brokered that deal. Mm. Uh, we opened uh, the international market for Skunchi in a major way. And uh, the biggest competitor said, OK, oh, my God, better to buy them out now before <laughs> uh, they take over our market share. Right. Wow. So fascinating. Um, it's a shame you didn't make money on that. You can say that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds like that was uh, a lot of time and effort. Um, well, share with us about the next stage, um, uh, Sistema and Atlantique. Ah, uh, well, a writer and I, uh, Peter Doyle, uh, wrote a uh, TV series on Catherine the Great. Oh, sure. And um, a fascinating character. Amazing. Two, uh, there are two miniseries now. What am I saying, miniseries? Two TV series that yeah. have been created. HBO produced. has one with Helen yes. Mirren as Catherine. Yes. Yeah. And uh, the other one, which I actually like more, is called The Great. Nice. And it's very well done. Nice. Um, it has nothing to do with historical accuracy, but it depicts <laughs> it's just brilliant. Nice. I really enjoyed it. Nice. And um, so we brought in 50% of the money from Russia, then uh, the other 50% from um, the French. Uh, and unfortunately, it just collapsed because of cultural differences. Oh, what a shame. It, it was after years of work, it was to cry. Yeah. But these things happen in media all the time. Yeah, no, it's unfortunately true. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, one after the other. Um, I was really intrigued to read about your hologram project in Brazil. <laughs> Yeah, that was amusing. <laughs> well, tell us the, the inspiration, um, what all transpired. Would love to hear. Oh, that was uh, that was some that was just putting two people together. I had nothing created uh, okay. to do with that. That was just um, being a producer of somebody wants to do this. I know who can do it. Please meet. Okay. All right. Gotcha. So, uh, but you spent uh, some time in Brazil. You were living there I spent time in Brazil on Lingozing. Ah, okay. Yes. Well, so let's get to Lingozing. Um, the inspiration for starting it. Share with us that. I learned Italian using comic books. Brilliant. Uh, it was you know, as students, you sit around and you read comic books and you exchange comic books. <laughs> and without 
even knowing it, you're actually learning. Right. We, the same thing was happening in Vienna, uh, in the Lycée Francais. Everybody was reading comic books, exchanging comic books. And I, because of this innate understanding of media being born into it, uh, when technology came along and the pairing with the visual um, was a possibility, hmm, this could work very well. Yeah. Already people were watching films and television with subtitles, but they go very fast mm. and uh, they're not always very accurate. In mm. fact, most of the time they're not. Yeah. And comic books are great. You have the writing, which you can sit on at eternum, but you don't have the audio. Put the two together and you have the perfect learning tool where you can learn without making any effort whatsoever and it's just fun. Wow. And in addition, you can choose uh, comic books that you love, you can choose characters that you can identify with and you can add all those functionalities that technology permits um, and allows in a way to help everyone learn a language. Because when, especially today, where the world is obliged to learn English to intercommunicate. Sure. So imagine having to learn English, whether you like it or not, and being subjected to all the traditional methods. Or worse yet, a, a language like German, where, oh my God, I, I saw the, I found the old school books I had when I was learning German in school. Christ almighty, they look like a torture uh, <laughs> instrument straight out of Dante. Accusative and dative. Oh. <laughs> so it was kind of an evident um step to take then when you look at the the possibilities that you can also uh, use comic books to learn a skill to teach a skill yeah. you can also use it to teach a subject you can also teach it use it to teach all of the above bundled into one yeah. and all subliminal now uh, did you have this concept uh in your adolescence when you were learning Italian or it came much later in life, sort of a aha well, moment? Later. Yeah. Much later when, when technology evolved because before technology, the, the comic book was where it was at. Yeah. You could not go one step further. Yeah, that's right. It had to be the print edition. So um, what were the first steps you took to realize your vision? The first steps was to get a magnificent CTO on board, okay. um, Chris Dyakov. Nice. Then, um, of course, do a market research to see what kind of um, uh, investment we could obtain, um, what the market represented in terms of uh, benefits and profits for an investor to come in. Mm. 
in other words, presented as a project, which you have to do. And then came uh, the important part as well, which was um, parallel to the technology being developed, it was obtaining the licenses from publishers. Now, publishers are a very specific breed of animals. Uh, They work within a world of their own and um, to communicate with them, one has to speak their language. There I had um, a a special card up my sleeve because having written myself, I wrote uh, this book on Siddhartha that was published on Buddha, that was published worldwide, well, worldwide in several languages, actually, in, in Spanish, German, French, and myself in English. Uh, I was on the, I, had, I sat in the seat of the writer that talks to the agent. Mm-hmm. I also sold directly, which is the writer talking to the publisher. <laughs> then um, as a, in the film world, I was hired as a, as a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the film world, I hired other writers sure. as mm-hmm. writers. I wrote on spec alone. I wrote on spec with other writers. So all these permutations of how to develop um, a storyline, sell to a publisher, talk to a publisher, all those. That table has many seats, and I sat on most of them. So I went to the publishers and communicated the opportunity, communicated what could be done. Uh, most Im- publishers are very cautious about their, the artistic right, the rights, um, the moral rights for artists, thank God. Um, artists are equally interested that their rights are well represented. Mm-hmm. So I was thankfully able to assure all of them that the the rights will be conveyed respectfully and correctly and thus obtained one by one uh, the the approval of top publishers and because it's education uh, they accepted to be aggregated on one platform and um, then we set out to produce all these titles in all these languages which we have today. Uh, We have five languages today. Uh, We're going to be announcing Italian shortly because it's actually already on. Um, And that was a mountain of work. Yeah, We had to hire studios uh, all over uh, in the native countries where the language is that of the language we are producing, Spanish in Colombia, um, Portuguese Brazilian in Brazil, um, some in Los Angeles, funnily enough, um, uh, French in France. I mean, and each time it was a little production unit that needed to be taught how to proceed um, as creating for an app is a little different from creating for a film. Okay. It's a different delivery, it's a different uh, systematic approach, it's all the data. Okay. 
etc. <laughs> and then we had to launch it. Mm. And now we're actually out there looking for marketing funds to be able to expand. Uh, we also are, have been made aware of our B2B potential mm. to create training um, manuals and uh, skills for corporations, companies, employees, people, you name it. And um, to actually show that we are able to create as as well as distribute, um, again, the skills of, of publishing, knowing, creating, and so on, I was able to produce a, our first graphic novel mm -hmm. on the subject of cryptocurrency, because it's a difficult subject. So mm -hmm. it is important to show that if you can do that, you can do just about anything, yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Uh, well said. So we created a graphic novel on cryptocurrency, which is chapter one and two already on Lingozing. And it won the Prix Lycéen by oh, the really Minister good. of Finance in France. Nice. Uh, the Prix Lycéen is a combination of the Minister of Finance and Education that put together this association that decides which um, media tool is best to teach a subject. Mm -hmm. And we were voted as best by 600 students. I'm very proud of this. That's great. Congratulations on that. Um, you've also won a few other awards. There was um, an EdTech award that you also well, were a finalist for. Yes, we're finalists uh, for Lingozing EdTech Cool Tools 2019-2020, two years yeah. right. Beautiful. Wow, congrats. Thank you, EdTech. Yeah, exactly. Well, and um, the, you talked about the licensing of the titles, and uh, I noted um, uh, there's Garfield, Planet of the Apes, and Smurfs. Have I missed any licensed uh, titles? Uh, well, we have 80% of the French publishers. Uh, we have titles from Glénat, from uh, Media Participation, for Delcourt, Bamboo. Um, those are not yet as well known in the US as they are in France, right. but they're magnificent tools yeah. uh, for those learning French outside fr of France mm -hmm. to yeah. also get a cultural picture. Sure. True. And some of them can be used, like the Glina titles are international. Um, I took the history titles that talk about Elizabeth I, uh, mm. Genghis Khan, beautifully nice. done. Yeah. I mean, it's artwork. Yeah. And um, we also have the top Brazilian uh, comic book, Turma da Monica. Uh, we also have the top Arabic title, the 99. Um, and they all they were chosen for multi-leveled uh, teaching as well as for beauty and storytelling. Okay, nice, wonderful. Um, share with us the time you met Stan Lee. Ah, well, there was a magnificent man uh, called Errol Wetson in uh, Miami who managed the introduction via his daughter, Joan Lee. He, um, Errol knew Stan very well. And it was actually very amusing because it's one of those stories of, 
you call it and then it takes time and then it's postponed and then this and then that. I was literally in the car on the way to the airport in Los Angeles to leave for Europe. And the phone rings and goes, come now because he's ready to meet with you. I changed in the car. Uh, The person there, my girlfriend Manuela, that was taking me to the airport, drove me to Stanley's. (laughs) (laughs) I did a presentation, showed him uh, the the application. He loved the application. He wanted to introduce, uh, take me and and the app to Disney to show them the app. He right away got the the uh, the impact, how it can be used, um, how how efficient mm. it is, mm. and the imagination behind. Because of course, Stan Lee, his entire life was communicating through characters, through storylines, to the young, to everyone by the heart. And yeah. storyline is stories are the heart. If you can connect emotionally, you can teach anything. And that is the whole key of Lingozing is, as opposed to other traditional apps, we teach using that storyline, which is the key to the heart, which is why we think we will be more successful or as successful as the top apps today. And I had to hurry him up, which is, can you imagine? <laughs> and then Stan, I have to leave. I have to leave on the airport. Wow. <laughs> and um, so I said goodbye. And he said, please call me when you get back. Because also he was, he was a big fan of, of Errol Flynn. Sure. And my father made a film with Errol Flynn in Havana. So he wanted to see the film of um, my father, Nero Flynn, in Havana, and I promised him that I would show it to him. (laughs) Um, Because believe it or not, my father and Nero Flynn were there as as Castro was taking power, Mm -hmm. and they filmed Castro, Che Guevara, Batista, the whole shebang, and they're with Nero Flynn presenting the film, which I own. So... Stan was saying, please make sure uh, to call me. And also he wanted to take us to Disney. And I was saying, yes, 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 yes. And I ran off, changed in the car into the, <laughs> into the jumpsuit for the airplane. <laughs> Barely made the flight. No, I was leaving for Brazil. That's correct. I was leaving for Brazil and uh, managed to, by the time I came back, he was gone. Oh. Yeah. And his daughter Joan was a darling. She set up the whole thing and it was really, really between her and Errol, my gratitude. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, thanks for sharing that. Um, certainly a tragic outcome, but uh, who could have known? Um, but his en- enthusiasm and endorsement, I think, is, is tremendous. Yeah. Share with us, um, Kira, where would you like to see Lingo Zingo? What's your vision for its future? I would love Lingo Zing to become the international uh, storytelling app that teaches multiple skills and subjects and cultural uh, window and languages. 
Um, I would like everyone that uh, those who need to learn a language, those who want to learn a language, use it side by side with the more difficult traditional um, apps uh, that teach grammar and such. But I do believe that learning a language is something intuitive and once you get into the flow of it, you learn a lot faster and better mm -hmm. than just by being factual. Yeah. So I would very much like it to be the fun tool that really helped me learn a language worldwide. Wonderful. Oh, I love it. I think it's a phenomenal mission. And um, I wish you uh, tremendous success. There are many stories that I would like to have created, create, or implement from, um, from either books that already exist or uh, scripts that already exist mm -hmm. on subjects that I believe need um, a lot of, ex need the exposure of being told mm -hmm. in a way that everyone can grasp and um, easily ingest. One is the story of Siddhartha that I wrote by book. I would like to have that done into a graphic novel. Beautiful. So, because I think that Buddha's message of a compassion and two, um, the practicality of living life, uh, the pragmatic side of living life as opposed to um, relying on other tools, to put it vaguely and politically correctly. <laughs> Just that practical thing, I think, would approach would help many people. Yeah, the second is I would like to create a comic book, a graphic novel on Toussaint Louverture, mm. um, the first black republic in the world, yeah. Haiti. Nobody yeah. knows about it. It's amazing how such a subject has not been exposed to the world in a way that is interesting in graphic novel form, as can many other subjects. Yeah, and those I would really like to be able to share with the world soon. Lovely. Well, again, a beautiful mission. Um, I, I love the platform that you're creating to promote uh, graphic novels while simultaneously promoting education and um, learning of languages. It's going to bring the world closer together. And so uh, I'm behind you 100%. I'll add to that uh, that I invite all educators, um, institutions, whoever wishes to teach to contact me directly. Mm -hmm. I'll be happy to work out whatever deal is feasible for them so as to spread education. Brilliant. No, I love that. That's uh, I love that that's a part of your ethos. Well, Kira, thank you so much again. It was lovely to have you on. Uh, thank you so much, Asim. You're wonderful. <laughs> well, it's kind of you to say. And uh, wish you all the best. Look forward to hearing all the uh, great things you're going to accomplish. Let's hope that I could get to accomplish all of them. Well, if history is any indication, you will. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the vote of confidence. Absolutely.
Achieve is recorded at Subtractive in Hangar 8 at the Santa Monica Airport. Music is produced by Hennedy.